You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to All Hang Up and Listen Me. Woo! First Sabres win of the season. I am Dwayne. Also joined by Connor Hurley. Hurls all the way from Los Angeles. Was here in Buffalo for a little bit. Unfortunately, he had to enjoy Buffalo's first win like 3,000 miles away or whatever it is. Um, but huge win tonight, Hurls. Huge win. We got a lot to talk about. Completely different hockey team out there. Defensively, I still don't think remotely close to what they can be offensively. And Levi shuts the door. I Just so much fun stuff to talk about tonight, bud. I would give you a big whoa, but I think I left my voice in Orchard Park on Sunday night. Uh, well, screaming, you at the game. Screaming at oh, the uh, burner, bud. Screaming at the offense for four and a half, three and a half quarters, their inability to do anything. Uh, had the Sabres lost tonight, I think I would have lost it. Uh, absolutely would have lost it. Uh, but thankfully they did not. Uh, as you said, there's a lot of different things to talk about. Uh, I think – the main one is obviously we're a little bit biased towards is that I think the Sabres lose that game last season. If Devin Levi's not playing, uh, they don't win that game tonight. If Devin Levi's not playing. Um, and it's just a, another indication of how big of a difference he can make for this team this season. And it, it was really amazing to see. Yeah. I mean, like one of the things that I didn't they mentioned on the broadcast too, but like he wasn't giving up any second chances tonight. He was gobbling everything up. Dude, that glove save on Kucherov was so pretty, but so routine. Incredible. Yeah, like Kucherov, possibly the best release in the league, man. Like, who has scored more goals than over the last, like, five years, maybe other than Connor, than Nikita Kucherov? And he just wired it glove side, and he's just right there making it look routine, but it's so beautiful. Um, and just gobbling up, no second chances tonight. It was amazing. Um, you know, things got started again early. Um, I know they didn't score, but the pressure was on with the Benson, Greenway, and Middlestat line. They looked great again tonight. Um, finally, that first line started getting things rolling with that Skinner goal. And then, you know, I, I thought I thought for sure Benson was going to get his first career goal tonight. Like he was all over the ice again. Yeah, especially on that two-on-one chance that he had that Johansson didn't know if he had it or not. He looks great. He still looks great. Through two games, uh, every single statistic and analytics said that he was the Sabres' best forward. Uh, He might not have been tonight, but he doesn't necessarily need to be. Uh, I think it's pretty apparent that he's going to stay with this team past nine games. Uh, They're going to sacrifice a year of his entry-level deal, but when he's helping you win games and he's helping you compete in games, he needs to stay on the team. Um, You mentioned Middlestat. 
Um, I think Middlestat, his presence with the puck this season is incredible. Um, I saw Kevin uh, on Twitter and 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 Trotter. Uh, he said that um, he doesn't trust anybody more with the puck other than Rasmus Dahlin than Casey Middlestat so far this season. And that says a lot about his presence and his awareness uh, in the defensive neutral and offensive zone with the puck. He's, he's looked amazing. He looks faster. He looks stronger. He's always had the playmaking ability. He's always had the skill, uh, but his ability to carry a line and have Greenway and Benson support him. And that line together, as you said, obviously looks amazing so far this season. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of really, really good things to, to, to harp on here. Yeah. And when we talked to Matthew Fairburn before the season started, like we had a number of under the radar guys. I mean, we kind of talked about Casey, but Jordan Green was one of those guys. Henry Yokiharu, who did look better tonight. Um, I think he was on, was he on the ice for that one goal? I think he was. Yeah, but, he was, but he, it, he was better than he was in the first two games. That's for sure. Yeah. But he definitely played better tonight. I thought Darlene had a phenomenal game. Samuel, the only down point of tonight was Samuelson being out for the game for an up with an upper body. We're not really too sure. I mean, maybe they'll talk about it in Donnie's post-game presser, uh, but we're not really too sure what it is, and it's just a bummer to hear that because we all know how important he is to this team. Um, last year, their record with him in the lineup and without him in the lineup was like night and day, like so much different. So, uh, you know, it's a bummer to hear that, but they were able to get this win out. Levi stood tall. And, I, dude, how about that puck that Darlene caught? at the blue line, pulling a, pulling a step on Diggs, just jumping up there and snagging that. He thought it was going out, and he started almost, like, back out of the zone, and he realized, oh, it's in my glove, and kept that in the zone and created another scoring chance. Like, he looked great tonight. You know how much that hurt? Oh, I, I, he, like, I can't even I know precisely how much that yeah, hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when it, <laughs> even with a goalie uh, glove, if it hits you in the wrong spot on oh, the palm, yeah. especially in warm-ups when you're not warmed up yet, it sucks. It's really, really horrible. So I don't know if he, I mean, he obviously put his glove there. I'm not even sure if he thought he was going to get it, but he did. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think especially after game one, we've seen how amazing he is. He's clearly a top five defenseman in the league. He's so electric and poised with the puck on his stick. He just makes the right play every single time defensively, which was a weakness early on in his career. He's amazing in the defensive zone. He just seems bigger and way more confident than he used to be. And obviously he is, but to add that element to his game, which obviously his strong suit is, is offensively and his playmaking ability and his world-class skill. He is an all around force out there. Uh, And there's no one else like him in the league right now. Um, Maybe Cal McCarr, uh, maybe Quinn Hughes, maybe obviously the top guys, but when you're mentioned in, in the same breaths, in the same sentence as those guys, that's, massive for this team. So obviously we knew he was going to be amazing, but it's, it's really good to see so far. Yeah. And just living up. I mean, obviously the first two games, you know, we go Owen two, you know, Owen power. I mean, I thought Darlene looked fine, but Owen power even looked like he was struggling a little bit. Owen looked good tonight. Um, I just, you know, I, <laughs> we need this team every night, but as we said at the top of the show, offensively, there's still a lot more to be desired. You know, Tage is still gripping his stick probably a little tight. The goals are going to come, man, but, like, you can tell there are a couple times he looked a little frustrated out there. The puck wasn't going in. Um, Skinner even. I mean, even though Skinner had a goal tonight, he had that one off the end wall 
where he thought he for sure he had it and he threw his head up in the air like, oh, my God, what do I got to do? And they were buzzing. That was by far the three games, their best game so far. Um, the goals are going to come for that top line. And the thing is, when they do, when those goals start to come, remember last year, like, the when the floodgates open, that's a top three line in the league. Yeah. Um, Tuck doesn't look great um, so far this season. I think he's getting his legs back, obviously. He's such a amazing skater, and that is one of his strengths, obviously. So I think once he gets his legs back, once he gets in shape, and he starts up being a little bit more confident, a little bit sure of himself with the puck, uh, I think that they're going to be fine. I really do. That's obviously the one line I'm, I'm not worried about. Uh, three games in, obviously. Just this game, though, you could tell from the first period. Obviously, it tightened up a little bit after the first, but the difference between the flow of this game, the freedom with the puck through the neutral zone compared to the first two games was really apparent from the opening puck drop. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm appreciative of the Tampa Bay Lightning, to be honest, for giving us at least some good hockey compared to the Rangers and the Islanders. Of course, they did what they needed to do to begin the season. They were two tough spots to be in from a, from a Sabres perspective, but this game, especially in the first period, was so entertaining. And then you look at overtime. I don't think the Lightning touched the puck. I, and the Sabres do this to teams in overtime because they really, really harp on winning the faceoff. I wish they did that more throughout the game. Um, but it was complete domination in three-on-three overtime. And that just shows you yeah, how like, much skill this is. Even on their power play earlier in the game, like when that first unit was out there, I thought the second unit looked like dog shit. But like the first unit, like – they just had, I mean, again, they're on the power play, but they had them pinned in. Everything was tape to tape. They had complete control. They were opening up lanes. They were doing everything right that today that they didn't do the first two games. Um, and to your point, they're in overtime, three on three. I mean, when's the last time you saw Tampa Bay get dominated like that in overtime? But the thing is, like, the Sabres do this to teams in overtime. If, yeah. they, win that, if they win that opening draw, they're able to cycle their – three players in their lines like seamlessly while also keeping control of the puck. Obviously that sometimes means sacrificing offensive zone possession and knowing when it's right, the right time to bring it back to the neutral zone, even bring it back to the defensive zone. But that's how you got to play these things. You don't want that run and gun, like uh, odd man rush style that we first saw when the three on three overtime was instated. So it's really, really intelligent on their part to play that way in overtime. And you saw what happened. Even when cousins had that one, one on one opportunity, I felt like it, that was a good shot for him. Like he has that quick release. He has that hard shot and he placed it perfectly off the post. Um, I was even thinking right before he had the puck, I was like, where has he been this entire season? Well, three games, but he was unnoticeable up until that point, in my opinion. So that could be a big deal for him. Cause once he gets going too, that's going to be a huge, huge deal for the, for the top six. Yep. I love it. Mauricio keeping us honest, Connor, Devin Levi is not God and Savior. He's decent I mean, goaltender. Don't I never said he was a savior, but we wouldn't have won this game without him last season. He he literally he literally keeps us honest, I guess, or accountable. I just uh, he's very good. <laughs> smash the like for my bro. And then um I I just love his comments. Middle stat is playing well, height, holding on to the puck, making right play, faceoffs improved today. Practice, practice, Granado, keep the three dwarfs accountable. Uh, we're the three dwarves. I don't know, man. Is he talking about the top line? I mean, maybe there's a chance. They're not really dwarves. 
one six foot seven. The other guy's like six foot three or six foot four. Connor, feel better. It's far, fair. Fall weather is unpredictable. You need California sunshine and a pool party. You'll feel much better. I'll hang up and listen. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, he's all, dude, he's just he's just hammering the peanut gallery. Who's replacing right. injured Samuelson, Riley Stillman? I mean, it will probably be Riley Stillman. We probably well, they, I mean they would have to call him up. And yeah. and my my friend made a good point earlier. Um Jacob Bryson's on the roster. So that's true. That's true. It, that could be I tough. Think if you're gonna replace Samuelson, uh um, well, I mean, yeah, with the style of game, it would be Riley Stillman, Riley of course. Stillman, yeah. But um it might be more complicated logistically, especially. I, I like this comment. Let's hold the brakes on Thompson Tuck Skinner line. Top three fantasy land must be some good Mary Jane. Listen, like the numbers prove it last year. They were a top three line in the league. The numbers literally proved it. You had three, you had one forty near 50 goal scorer. Um, did Skinner have 40 or damn near close? Uh, yeah, very, very close. Very close. Same thing with Tuck. Like you had got you had over a hundred goals between those three players on one line. Like, yeah, top three. When they're when they're clicking, that's a top three line in the National Hockey League, no doubt. Yeah. Um yeah, just oh, wow, man. <laughs> People want to know who won the prize. Uh what do you think? Should we announce it? Yeah, might as well, right? Uh, did you have any did you have any option like opinions on who should win it? Did you take uh, a look? No, I mean you might as well keep it random, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a, so I had a bunch of names, uh, kind of in consideration. Um, one guy though, I will say this, um, he's been a long time follower of the show. Um, Josh, I'm sorry if I, if I'm butchering this, Josh Piccaro, he lives in New Jersey, couldn't be at the home opener, huge Sabres fan. Um, you are the winner of the RJ Waste, RJ Waste sign at Sashi man one. So, uh, but listen, I actually have another RJ way sign that we will raffle off at some point during the season. Um, plus we're going to keep doing stuff like this. Cause I saw the engagement. I saw how like amped up you guys were. So yep, we got an RJ way sign coming to your way, Josh. Uh, you know, thanks for following the show. Uh, thanks for supporting us. And also to everybody, thank you for, uh, obviously thank you for, um, following the two goalies, one Mike game thread. Um, you know, I wasn't sure how well that was going to do through the first couple of games today. It really kind of took on a life a little bit or a lot of you commenting, engaging. We're going to keep that up throughout the year. Cause it seems you guys seem to like it. So uh, keep up following with that. And again, this isn't gonna be the last giveaway. Uh, we're going to have plenty more uh, probably in game stuff, you know, kind of when we're feeling frisky, like today, I was feeling the vibes. I was feeling, feeling pretty good about the Sabres go up to nothing pretty early. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do a giveaway. And I had an extra RJ way sign. So let's give it away. So, uh, Josh, I'll be coming your way. I'll shoot you a DM after we uh, get done here tonight and, uh, we'll get you your, uh, your sign. So congratulations. A couple clicks for Josh. Congrats, Josh. It's Congrats, a good sign. Um, I think, uh, they handled that pregame ceremony the other night really well in general. And I think that was a nice touch. So, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be a nice memento to have. You know, I kind of, uh, I kind of like caved to the pressure in the chat because normally you should like wait till the very end. You want to keep people watching, right? You don't want people to just glog off the second they find out they didn't win. So, but no, you know what? I was excited. It's good vibes. Um, First bought, one of the year. Bought this big fancy light for uh, the show. Got my mic for the first time in a while. 
you know, we're going to have a lot of new cool stuff this year for two goalies, one mic, and I'll hang up and listen. Uh, just going to be a fun season, man. And a slow start, 0-2. Uh, wasn't a lot to be happy about, but the team really bared down and, you know, played great. Very resembled a lot of the team that they were last year. Uh, just I can't wait for that top line to really start clicking in. And you, you all remember last year how good this hockey team was when that team, when that line was unstoppable because of areas. Um, speaking top line and bottom of the lineup, uh, Tyson Joseph was amazing. Uh, I think that was a very necessary change. I think Victor Olofsson's time with the Buffalo Sabres is probably at its end. Uh, if, if there's not an injury or something like that, but he just doesn't seem like the type of player that fits in this lineup. We saw it at the end of last season in games that matter down the stress, yeah. down the stretch. But Tyson Jost made an impact offensively and defensively tonight. He was, I thought, one of the Sabres' best forwards. So I think we'll continue to see him moving forward. And I think that was good on, on Donnie to make that switch early in the season. After two losses, two tough losses against two hard-checking defensive teams, they needed to make a switch, and, and they did it. So – Yep. I think that was really good. I, re- I, I I commend Donnie for making that change so early in the season. Yeah, you know, and, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, pull the hook on somebody, and that's what you did with Olsen. Like, and it, 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 honestly, at the end of the day, it is a tough, now, I wouldn't say it's a tough call because you were trying to shop him at the end of last season. didn't work. Nobody was buying. Nobody's buying in the offseason. So what's the best way to shop, you know, shop a goal scorer, get him scoring goals? And you kind of devalue the player that you're trying to, you know, get rid of by healthy scratching him. But in this case, you had to. Jost was a better contributor to the lineup. He brought some jam to that fourth line. Krebs was clear as day the better choice for that second line. And I hope he keeps continuing to get those chances while Krebs, while uh, while Quinn is still recovering. Um, and we just keep hearing, you know, more rumors. I mean, like, do you see Buffalo making a deal for, like, a Pesce out of Carolina if this Samuelson ends up being long-term? I mean, I I was thinking that exact thing as soon as the injury was announced. Like, yeah, this, as as we've talked about, like this is the season the drought needs to end. That's where the expectation is, and if it is a long term injury, I think they absolutely have to make a deal. This defensive depth is not good enough. I think Clifton and Johnson have played pretty well, but as we've seen with Yoki Haru, I think it's kind of a night to night thing with him. Uh, who knows what you're going to get out of Jacob Bryson or Corey Stillman? Yeah, and. Injuries happen. It, they they play a interesting style of hockey, both offensively and defensively. And even the way Connor Clifton plays, he plays a really really rough game, and he's throwing hits out there all the time. Like Samuelson's probably not going to be the only injury to the defense this year. Just playing percentages here. So I think Kevin Adams absolutely has to look at it if he is on the market still. Brett Pesci, I think you have to look at it because you need you need depth. You need a reliable stay-at-home defenseman, and that's what Matias Samuelson is. So, yeah, I think they got to look at something. I know we already talked about a little bit. Can we talk a little more about Jordan Greenway and how great he's been? He's he's been amazing. He's been a different player. Yeah, um, he was injured towards towards the end of last year, and also he was adjusting to a new system. So, a full summer, a full training camp. Uh, obviously, his new line is great. I think he's playing with better players, but he looks faster. He's more physical. He's got a lot of skill. The first period specifically, he had two or three great chances. Yeah, um, yeah. Through through three games, he's one of Buffalo's best forwards. That line specifically is going to be so fun to watch. 
And you can tell that they just get along and they play together and they see the ice well. So, yeah, I'm so encouraged by by Jordan Greenway right now. Yeah, that line, again, probably Buffalo's best line tonight. Um, obviously, they didn't, they didn't score tonight, per se, but they created a lot of chances. Um, they were constantly in the offensive zone, constantly had possession. Um, yeah, Greenway has engaged so much more. Again, as you mentioned, he was hurt at the end of last year, but engaging physically, not afraid to get in the dirty areas of the ice. He's in here to the front of the net, and he's showing off his hands too, which is awesome. Um, I, I couldn't be more excited about that line. Like, that is your third line. Let's look at this. Let's just talk about that for a second. That is your third line. That's how well they're playing. I can't emphasize this more. You get those two top lines rolling especially that top line. And that's your third line. Like, I'm not going to say like 0506 Sabres where you had Roy, Max, and Vanek as your third line. But like, that was a season that proved how important depth is to have on a winning hockey team. Like, that was the biggest reason. I mean, yeah, you had great players on that team, elite players and elite goaltending, but it was the depth on your bottom six that really made them successful. And I, I'm super excited about the potential of this bottom six. And now you add Tyson Jost to the, to the fourth line, a former first round pick, a guy who can, he does have a, a, a little bit of a scoring touch, but can win faceoffs, can play honest to God, probably one of the better defensive players on this team next to Gergensen's. Like, I mean, the depth on this team is just unbelievable. Yeah. I would almost even consider it um, a one, a, I mean, a 2A, 2B situation with those middle six lines, uh, especially the way that it's, it's been a little bit slow going uh, for, for Dylan Cousins so far. Um, but I think it's going to change the dynamic now that they have Peyton Krebs up there. Um, but yeah, the chemistry is obviously there with middle step Benson and, and Greenway. And then you talk about getting Quinn back. You talk about Patrick Kane, which continues to be a rumor that keeps going through, keeps getting thrown out there by Darren Dreger that, there were three teams that are potentially yeah. interested that uh, we need to look for with Patrick Kane. And that's obviously the Rangers who we played with last season, the Red Wings, and then his hometown team, the Buffalo Sabres. So we'll see what happens there. Where, I think where does he spot in this lineup right now? I mean, like Quinn's back. Where do you I put mean, Gosh, you'd have to think somewhere in that middle six. Um, you don't want to break it down, especially if they're playing that well. I mean, it would probably be Paterica, right? Yeah, but – I don't know. I don't want to think about that. Uh, I think they can, uh, I can, they can figure that out. Um, I, I think Paterka would be good on the fourth line. I do. So I don't know. Uh, that's a good problem to have. Uh, too many we don't know what the, the injury, the injuries are going to look like when that time does come. Exactly. So I mean, we saw Samuelson go down tonight. We don't know a time frame on that quite yet. Yeah. I haven't seen we'll, see, uh, we'll see what happens with that. But I was just looking, uh, Sabres won the face-off battle tonight, which for the first time, and it feels like forever, uh, 27 to 25. So that's encouraging. Uh, I think they need to continue to emphasize that because possession is a huge factor for this team. They're at their best when they have the puck as is any team, but they have so much skill and they can create so much opportunity, especially in the offensive zone. So I think faceoffs continue need to need to be emphasized. Yeah. Um, especially how much this team struggled on faceoffs last year. Yeah. Last few years. Yeah. It's a, you know, we're kind of like looking at little areas where they could get better. That'll go a long way. And like, I know there's analytical people out there for some reason, don't seem to think that face-offs don't matter. Uh, they definitely do. Um, 
And Casey's probably our most consistent face-off guy, uh, hands down. Megan, I don't know what the numbers look like right now, but um, that's an area where obviously Tage can be better. Um, and I'm not really too familiar with like Gergensen's ability at the face-off circle or Krabs when he when he slots in there. Um, Cousins, I'm not sure, but I'm fairly certain like Casey's our best guy. Yeah, I mean he's got the hands, he's got he's got the skill, and that's and the timing. Obviously, that that's what matters most with that. Um, but yeah, I mean it does it does depend on what you do with the puck, right? Like, of course, you can win a faceoff and do nothing with it, and it won't matter. Um, so it's a two part system. But if you do have the puck, like we said, that's that's the biggest factor, especially in the offensive zone and also in the defensive zone, getting the puck out. But it's encouraging to see, especially against a team like the Lightning. They have a lot of good centers. Obviously, Stamkos was not there tonight. Um, they're not the same team as they used to be. Uh, but winning that type of battle against a team like that is is really, really important. Um, and overall, aside from the end of the game when they were kind of just hanging on, the Sabres were by far the better team tonight, uh, I would say, for at least 75% of the game. Um, so to do that against a team like Lightning, of course they're not exactly the, the cup teams that they were. It is encouraging. And it gives you that momentum you need for, for the rest of this uh, four-game home swing. So we'll see what happens against the Flames on Thursday. But that's another really, really winnable game. Uh, the Flames are playing better than I think a lot of people thought they would. Um, and they still do have a lot of fight. But I think this momentum was absolutely necessary. Losing that game would have just been absolutely horrible. So yeah. it's really, really good that they dominated overtime the way they did and they got out of there with a win. How about Emily Kaplan when she interviewed Sergachev on the bench and he like didn't didn't shy away from mentioning like how important Stamkos is on that power play unit. Yeah. Like they don't they say like, we don't have a guy over there that you know is a threat you know, to be a one time the puck. And then this is coming literally minutes, minutes after they opened up the period with that Stamkos interview before the season about how he is upset about the fact that they haven't even had a one discussion about his contract extension. Like, do you feel like looking at that whole that situation as a whole, like, is he a, is he a light, is he a Tampa Bay lightning next year? I mean, at this point, it doesn't seem like it, right? Like you knew that the rubber was going to have to meet the road with road with this team eventually, yeah. like how long they've contended for. It's been pretty consistently for the past, like eight to nine years. And they have so many guys they've, had to give out these big contracts, obviously. And of course, like he's probably top two, top three players in franchise history, maybe arguably even number one at this point. So yeah, it, it's tough to say. He's obviously getting up there in age. So they're going to have to make a decision. But at this point, it sure doesn't seem like it. And that could be an interesting discussion for a team like the Buffalo Sabres. Which so, is wild because like how yeah. like, good he's been for them. Uh just an ambassador for the area, you know, you know, obviously before him, it was like St. Louis, you know, that can be like Cavier and Nicolai Habibulin. And then, you know, you'll luck into the draw of winning the lottery of the Steven Stamkos draft. And, you know, when he was, I think he was, was he with Sarnia? I think it was his, I can't yeah. remember. Sarnia. Sarnia. Yeah. yeah. Like an incredible, excuse me, player in junior and luck into that. You Nikita Kucherov, uh, just, and Victor Hadman, like you, you look at this team and it's makeup and it kind of like it's reminiscent of the way the Sabres have been kind of building. You know, you have two stud defensemen on your back end. You, you, you have uh, your, 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 your franchise center and Tage Thompson. You have 
Like, I'm not going to say Dylan Cousins is Braden Point, but, you know, I mean, Braden Point's like possibly the best two-way center in the game. But, you know, guys like that who just built through the draft, who were make up the core of this hockey team, who, like, are locked in to extremely free team-friendly deals and are going to produce for you at a high level for years. I look at that Tampa roster, and I look at, like, those early – uh, Chicago roster. I look at our roster. I'm like, man, like we have, we have a real chance here, a real ability, especially if Devin Levi, which both turns out to the way me and you think he's going to be like the career he's going to have. Uh, we have a really good chance here to be like a cup contender for years. Yeah. It's um, it's pretty amazing. That entire time I was just thinking about what Steven Stamkos would look like in a Sabres Jersey. And I yeah. think, it, I think it would look really good. Yeah. And uh, the, and that, I mean, even wow. next summer, like you think about obviously the crop of free agents there are going to be and the, the ability um, the Sabres are going to have to sign that type of player. Um, it's really fun to think about. Uh, of course, that doesn't matter right now, and we'll see what happens this season. But it's an attractive place, as we talked about after the Owen Power deal. Guys want to be there. They have six or seven guys locked up for the next seven years. Um, they've got all the potential in the world with a young, hungry team. And obviously a fan base that's been waiting for years to to um, to actually have something to cheer for. Of course, yeah. the attendance wasn't wasn't the greatest tonight. I think Tuesday nights. Tuesday night. Yeah. Like, I get it. I totally understand. If this game took place on Saturday, it'd be almost a full house, I think. Yeah. And obviously the atmosphere on Thursday was incredible. Uh, packed house. Um, and it was, I would say, 85 to 90 percent Sabres fans. So. We got I, don't, I don't even necessarily think that it's related to those first two games of the season. Yeah. I think it's just a weeknight game. It's, it's tough, tough during, during Bill's season and whatnot. So, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I get it. And I, I think as they start winning, building's going to fill up again and, and the vibes will be back. We got an update here from Matthew Eve. Thanks for uh, chiming in. Uh, Donnie said that Matias is day-to-day uh, during his presser. So that's great news. That is fantastic news. Thank that means he might be back on Thursday, day to day. That means me, yeah, he could be back on Thursday, maybe back on Saturday. I think I plan on going to that game on Saturday. It's the first goat head game. Bought a goat head jersey. I think it's just only fitting that I go, right? Islanders, too. Oh, Islanders, gosh. yeah. A little redemption. God damn it. <laughs> Here's a good one. I want to win an invite to Connor's pool party with his Kelly Blonde surfing girls. Do you have Kelly Blonde surfing girls? Yeah, all over the place. <laughs> Top line is coming alive. Cousins an animal. Greenway is a beast, and I really thought Benson would score tonight. He was everywhere. I love that line. Greenway admits Benson goes Sabres. Uh, and here we go. Too much small talk, delusional future prediction. You don't have to put every comment of his on screen. I mean, it's funny, though. <laughs> I just love it when he just comes after you. Even when yeah. you're not here, he comes after you. It's great. Wonderful. Tell him to spell my name right. <laughs> Um, also kind of funny NHL network tweeted out the Sabres win, uh, first career OT game winning goal for Nick cousins gives the Buffalo Sabres their first win of the season. And then the ESPN graphic puts on oh, Tampa, no. Tampa Bay goalie, Matt Tompkins, instead of Devin Levi, what is going on? I don't know, man. The disrespect on the Sabres. Uh, I mean, you want to make Mauricio happy here and just make some small talk while I bring this up. I mean, uh, as someone who works in media, like those are very simple mistakes and yeah. like it's, it's very easy to check your work before you do that. Um, but whatever, 
as we as the Sabers uh, gain more notoriety and a presence in the league. I mean, even having the Sabers be on ESPN's main broadcast on a Tuesday night, that's big. That is a big deal. Um, and I think it's 15 or 16 times throughout the season that they're on national television. Um, and that's not how it's been in recent years. So I think as they continue to gain uh, notoriety and they, they have these star players and they play these exciting games, just for a casual hockey fan watching that first period, you're intrigued. You're, you're having a good time watching, watching this game because it was actually entertaining to watch. You're not watching the, the Rangers play a trap in the one, three, one or the Islanders uh, hold people on the boards. The Sabres are fun. They're exciting. And as they continue to play this style of hockey, I think they're going to be more well-known throughout the league. Correct. I'm trying to find this damn tweet. And uh, let's see. Oh, I got it right here. Hold on. Uh, let me bring it up. This there is, is a Nick, there is a Nick Cousins, but he spells his name like the familial the familial C O U S I N S. Yeah, the wrong way. Now this is the the this is the follow up they made uh, during the game, which is great. As you can see, that is one thousand percent not. Hold on, I'll, uh, let me reshare the screen again here. Uh, that is one thousand percent not Devin Levi. That is Matt Tompkins, who is only up on the team because of the Vasilevsky injury. Um, here we go, right here. That is definitely not Devin Levi. Like, and there are a lot of like pictures being posted after this became evident, like you know, known that they put the wrong profile picture there for him. Like, I saw pictures of like uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Like, it, it looks more like Freddie Prince Jr. than Devin Levi. There was uh who was the one character from American Pie? Uh, the other lacrosse player that wasn't Stifler. I'm not great at movie references, so uh, I, I can't, I can't I help you there. Yeah, I will yeah, say that, that looked like people were posting his pictures. Like Matt Tompkins cool. is a good looking dude. I'm gonna good, like, okay. Good, good jawline. Great, great strong jawline. It's <laughs> just, uh, just an observation. Um, Jimmy yeah. Connors was a legend. Connor Bedard is God. Okay, I, okay, Mauricio. Mauricio, I think you need to stop smoking that Mary Jane. Um, I think you're getting a little tired. Uh, I mean, do you got anything else, bud? I mean, I, I got, I'll sit here and talk about the Sabres all night, but um, I'm, I'm personally still struggling for my cross country trip. I got in at midnight West Coast time early this morning and I worked at 6 a.m. for 10 hours. And then watch the Sabres game immediately after work. So I'm pretty tired. You can tell by my voice. Um, we didn't talk about Levi that much. Obviously, like you mentioned, his rebound I'm control. Levi. Um, we can get of course, like, I think, of co- like, it wasn't a perfect game. Of course. I, I think the first goal was a bad bounce. And if he keeps his glove up a little bit more, there's a chance he could have made another spectacular save. But that also was kind of a golf swing, like fluttering puck that just happened. Yeah, there was no way you could track that puck. Especially and then in scramble in the defensive zone, seven seconds left. Braden Point makes a few good plays, obviously a couple of really bad turnovers. They get it to the neck. He makes the first save, and they still whack it in. I don't necessarily put that on him either. Uh, oh, that's a scramble I think, front. I think more than anything, his rebound control, deflecting pucks into the, the net, uh, swallowing pucks, obviously, getting face-offs, controlling the game. That's a big part about being goalie. Sometimes you need to know when your team needs a break, when your team needs a face-off. 
manage, managing the game as much as you possibly can. I think that's a huge deal. And he has not mastered that, but at the same time, I think he's managing it as well as he possibly can right now. That was his 10th NHL start. Uh, he's now six and four. Uh, I think largely I, I would only put one or two goals on him to begin the season. So yeah, I think I, I'd like to see him again Thursday night. Um, I think there's a chance you play Comrie and then go back with Levi again for the Goathead night against the Islanders. Um, but we'll see how they handle it. Um, they know he's a young kid. He knows he's athletic and his mental game is super strong. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him play both games. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they went with Comrie uh, as the first backup uh, rotation guy uh, uh, outside of, I think, I think he had a really good preseason. Um, yeah. I mean, he's been the backup all three games, I think. Um, no, I'll, you was, yeah, with the backup. On okay. Well, Comrie was tonight. So yeah. Um, Maybe between them both. That might be an indication. They, they could start him on, on Thursday. I mean, Former Winnipeg Jet, uh, Canadian. I, uh, I think he's from uh, that area, if I'm not mistaken. He not played. Fire, I don't think he played against Calgary last season. I'm pretty sure or early in the year, and he had a really good game. And I thought that was potentially a bit of a homecoming. So might be another indication that he's going to start. Regardless, yeah, I'm confident because he was also hurt last year, and he benefit. He did not benefit from some absolutely horrible defense. So yeah, I. Um, I, I think they could absolutely do it and then go right back with Levi for Saturday night for the go ahead game. So we'll see what happens, but yeah. I know we were, I know we were talking in the group chat and we we're kind of like, Oh man, this has three two OT loss written all over it. But like when we were in overtime, I was like, dude, if we get this to a shootout, I was we, confident. Have, we have Devin Levi. I was confident for sure. But it's also scary when you have Nikita Kucherov and Brayden. Oh Bowles. yeah. But I mean, yeah. Not, not nothing against Nikita Kucherov, but he had his chance one on one with Devin Levi. No, I'm with you, man. But him in the shootout is is just is yeah. insane. So I didn't want I didn't want to see that happen. Um, I think they probably would have gone with Point Kucherov and gosh, maybe maybe Sorelli. Oh. I don't I don't know. Um, obviously, we ha- we have our main guys. Quinn's not there, so that could have been tough, of course. Um, so yeah, He's but. There. We, we didn't didn't let them touch the puck in overtime, so we didn't need to worry about that. Yeah, I'm just super confident, just knowing how good he is and how patient and how well his feet move uh, when you're in one on one with him. Um, we we saw obviously the Kuznetsov the other night again. Just that kind of was all over the internet today. Like, I mean, clock in the given, shootout, man. They given that it. it's the rule, like you can't complain about it. Like, and I would yeah. argue that. Markstrom was way too deep in his net. Um, you know what you need to do. You know what he's going to do moving in that slowly. Yeah. But yeah, as a goalie, of course, that's, it's really tough to see. <laughs> I, just see somebody, I know you'll probably get scored on, but just to make a point, I want to see somebody do a diving two pad stack poke check. Yeah. Just like, just did you, uh, did you happen to see Mark Andre Fleury's uh, two pad stack save tonight? Dude. Uh, oh my God. The windmill. Yeah. It was amazing. Incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. I will, uh, he's, a, he's a gift. He's, to a, gift the, uh, he's a gift to the sport of goaltending. He's in the like, last 20 years. Like he's top five in terms of like good ambassadors for the game. Right. Oh, he's amazing. He's right. uh, like, like I, like I advocated for all off season long. Yeah. I would have loved for him loved. to be our. And what our happen? Who knows how good Minnesota the season they're going to have. If they'll keep we'll him see. I, him and Devin Levi together would be the greatest thing in the world. He's definitely so. love it. 
I mean, of course he would. I mean, you got to think that's probably one of his idols and mentors. So yeah, uh, that would be amazing, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, guys, uh, again, thanks again for, you know, all the engagement tonight. Those of you who are still sticking with us. Um, congratulations to Josh. Like I said, we'll get that out to you uh, soon. And you said you live in over New Jersey. Glad we could hook you up. And like I said, keep, you know, keep, keep engaging on that two goalies. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. My thing came on. My mic came unplugged right at the end. Um, keep engaging uh, with the um, the two goalies on my game thread. Hashtag 2G1M uh, game thread. Uh, it just seems to do a little bit better every single time we do it. So <clears throat> that's been a lot of fun. Uh, we're getting more involved on Instagram and even Facebook. So follow us there. Um, and I guess super excited for this season. Finally get that monkey off our back and get the first win of the uh, first one of the campaign and uh, in dramatic fashion over time from Dylan cousins, the workhorse from Whitehorse, horse uh, sealing the deal off the pipe and in uh, 21 save effort from uh, Devin Levi and uh, you know, next game Thursday night against the, uh, is it Calgary? Calgary Flames. Calgary, then Winnipeg. No, it's Calgary. Then, then, the, then the Islanders. Uh, it's Calgary Islanders then. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so excited, um, you know, for Thursday night and to go to the game on Saturday. So with that being said, uh, this has been brought to you by 43 North and Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case on Georgia Boulevard. Uh, make sure you get over to two, uh, get over there and tell the boys from two goalies when Mike sent you. And as always, let's go Sabres and I'll hang up and listen. We'll talk to you later. Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. 
and Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.